You're listening to the Performance Group Podcast, a place to listen, learn, and get to know the unseen heroes of our local community. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Sean Kirby, and on the Performance Group Podcast, we make it our mission to learn from those around us and shed light on our local community. If you're new to the show, we have spoken to business leaders, community, organizers, friends, and family. And before we jump in today, I hope to ask you for a favor. If you could please just take one second to hit subscribe and share our posts. It would mean a whole lot to me, our team here at the Performance Group, and our amazing guests on today's show. All right. You ready? Let's do this. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Performance Group Podcast. On this episode, it's another blue collar episode, and we're joined again by the sales master himself, Mr. Dustin Stoller, Stoller Roofing LLC. Hi, Dustin. Hi, Sean. Hi. So um, I wanted to talk about something today, and you decided to switch it up. I did. I did. I like to hijack your show. Whatever you want to do, brother. Well, Whatever you want to do. I'm in for it. Tell, tell the people what you want to talk about. So I'm going to give a little bit of credence to your topic because it is extremely important. It is. CRMs are incredibly important. If you're going to run any, I, I don't know, I, it's, you're going to be a contractor for sure. Yeah. You definitely have to have a CRM. It's not something you can delegate. It's not something you can offshore. In any, like This should be where you spend 70% of your business. I don't want to talk about it because I don't know how to train people to run other people's CRMs. If you ask me how to run the CRM that I use in my industry, I could probably tell you that. Yeah. But it is very specific to what I do. And for me to teach you how to use your CRM, I know it would take me six months figuring out your business and what you need and what your processes need to be. And that's, I mean, to me, like, that's what you, you've got to put your effort into your CRM. I agree. Like, I agree. So CRMs are incredibly important. I just don't know how to teach them. Like I, that, that, that's, that would be my concern. But what I do know how to teach uh-oh. is how to fire people. Let's talk and firing. Let's talk terminations. And, and this sounds like I'm a cold hearted psychopath. Exactly. And, and the fact that I get fired up about this and the fact that I love it and I think it's an incredibly important topic for business owners to know, if you hear this, you're going to think, who is this guy? So I'm going to ask that people listen to the why behind this before we get into this. So, All right. Um, I want to talk about terminations because I feel like it's the most important thing. Like you have no business running a business until you're ready to fire people. Like, what do they call that? Slow to hire, quick to fire? You can say that all you want, but there's a lot of emotional baggage that goes with firing people. And if you're a normal human being, it's going to be there. Like you, it, it is. Most of us are normal human beings, Dustin, most so that makes sense. Most of us are normal human beings. Uh, most of us weren't raised like I was in a law firm where you know, I was a labor and employment attorney. That's what we did. We dealt with terminations on a regular basis. So for me, I was fortunate that this was... In, in my early career, it was a way of, I mean, it was like just a necessity. Yeah. Like I knew it was a necessity of running a business. Uh, and when I got into business, I worked with other business owners and, and started seeing people um, run their businesses. What I realized was that this was probably the biggest holdup for people. I mean, it's, it is hard having those tough conversations. I mean, it's, it's hard to fire people. I mean, you are like, as business owners, we care about the people that work for us. Like whether we, we care about what people think of us. We care about everything that goes on. And 
those conversations, those conversations, those actions, they're very hard to do. And I see a lot of business owners ruin, not maybe not their business, but make it harder for their people. They make it harder for themselves because this is a hard topic to deal with. Um, what really kind of brought this to the forefront of my mind, I was, <laughs> I was, I'm, I'm on a lot of um, kind of industry Facebook pages. And so yeah. you kind of see people asking for advice and there was a, uh, there was another business owner, another roofing company owner that had posted uh, a recording of him terminating an employee. And it was a, it was like a 30 minute conversation going through all the things the employee had done. Uh, like, here's what you did and explaining why it was bad. And then finally the, ter- like it was just a long drawn out, painful termination. He's like, is this, is this kind of what I should, should have done? I was like, and you know, I'm, I'm busy running my own business. I don't have time to explain it to him. I, I sent him the the scene from Moneyball where Brad Pitt's explaining to, um, I can't remember who it is, but he's explaining how to expl- basically fire a person. Oh, like, you had Jonah Hill. Yeah, he's explaining to Jonah Hill. He's like, would you prefer two shots to the chest and bleed out or one to the head? He's like, one to the, give him one to the head and move on. Like, your, your termination meeting itself should be, hey, Sean, this isn't working out. You're no longer required here. Like it, it should be quick to the point. It shouldn't last more than five minutes. To be quite honest, if I'm going to terminate you, Sean, if you come to the meeting, it's an insult. Like the the termination itself starts before you even interview for that first person for that position. Like a good termination starts before you hire the person, and the actual termination meeting itself should be so simple that the person like. The employee shouldn't come because they know they're fired. They should know ahead of time what's going to happen. Yeah. There's no reason for them to be there. Um, so to me, having a good termination means you're running your business properly. Um, it means you're treating your employees fairly. It means everything's effective. Um, another big life event for me that, that got me to this point that I get excited about terminations, uh, My I guess my first foray from working in a law firm to working in business, I was general counsel for a company that I had a client bring me on to be general counsel. Within six months, the company was bankrupt. And one of the things that I figured out was that the reason this company went bankrupt was because the owner wasn't terminating the people that should have been terminated. There was a lot of fat, you know, that wasn't carrying its weight. And so because of that, the people who were doing their jobs and were carrying their weight ended up being part of the bankruptcy proceeding. I had to sit, you know, I, I had to spend a day terminating 50 people in a single day. It was like, it, oh my goodness. It was, it was one of the most defining moments of my career. And I, I realized, listen, if, if this business had been making these decisions properly along the way, terminating the people that shouldn't be here when they need to be terminated, the business would still be, I mean, there's a good chance the business would still be uh, viable. Yeah. Viable. These people would still have jobs. I wouldn't have had to spend a day terminating 50 out of 100 people in a single day. So to me, that was, hey, like, in my role as an owner of a company, it is my job to protect the people here. It is my job to make sure every every week we've got money for payroll. It's it's my job to make sure that your, um, your work environment is what it needs to be. So to me, terminations are the most important part of my job as an owner. It's, you know, I've, I've got to make sure that the people that aren't doing their job aren't taking money from the people that are. I got to make, you know, I, I've got to protect 
I've got to make payroll, right? And, Absolutely. And, and, and a good termination is an important part of making payroll. So that's why, to me, this is the most important topic for, for new business owners. Absolutely. And I think something that you should probably talk more about is setting the table that people already know on the front end what the expectations are. And if you don't meet these expectations, you know, you're going to end up with that, that termination or, or this is no longer working. Exactly. And I think one of the things that uh, most helped me in this was learning about KPIs or, or key performance indicators, uh, metrics, whatever you want to call them. Um, to me, the most important thing has been assigning KPIs to each position that I have. So, uh, for for example, I'll, I'll use my, my sales force. Um, for my sales force, I've got KPIs, you know, from, from the time you ramp up until the time you're a fully functioning account manager. So, in week one, here's, here's what you have to hit. In week two, here's what you have to hit. If you want to remain an employee in this organization – you have to hit these KPIs in order to remain with the with the organization. Once those KPIs are in place, everyone knows exactly what they're supposed to do. Everyone knows why they're getting fired, why they're not getting fired. Um, so to me, like putting those KPI like before I even hire someone, I have to have their KPIs in place, their their job description in place, their KPIs, uh, so that I know, so that I know. What, what my minimum expectations are then they know what the minimum expectations are I can put that paper I can put paperwork in front of them and say here are your minimum expectations for this week and if you do this you remain employed and you get paid this amount if you don't do this you won't be employed you'll be fired so for me that makes that takes the decision off of anything emotional yeah. it's, it's not me as a person making this decision like we sat down at the interview I said here are your expectations here's what I expect you to do Here's the minimum level for you to be here. And you said, you looked at it and said, you know, given the best information you can, you said, yes, I think I can do that. You agreed to do it. We came to an agreement. Oh, hey. Hey, yo. Hey, yo. <laughs> we came to an agreement together. Yeah. You agreed to, to do these things. You didn't do it. It's not working out. You need to transition out. So to play devil's advocate, I would say 90% of contractors, especially business owners, will say, well, I'm too busy to you know, set those KPIs or I don't even know what KP, KPIs to set for my, whether that's my service staff, my sales staff or something like that. I, how do I even lay those ground rules? How are you, you know, how are you coming up with the numbers to even start? You know, I mean, I, if, if you are hiring someone in the, in the back of your mind, you're, you're hiring them because like at, at the end of the day, every hire in some way translates into money, right? Like that's, yeah. that's what we're here for. Like if, if we're not making money, we're not in business. So I'm hiring someone because they're going to do something that somehow turns into money. So what is that thing that I expect them to do? Um, and, and somehow you've got to turn that into uh, so, something measurable, something measurable. And if, if you aren't measuring your business, like you probably shouldn't have a business. I mean, Probably just have a job. Like let's like, and and there there are a lot of contractors out there who are very successful and making a lot of money, and they have a very well paying job. And they're like, I'm not, I don't want to insult that in any way. No, but I've I've worked with some some guys that really just wanted this to be a job, and they were 
very successful making this a job. And if that's if that's what suits you, then then go with that. Like don't don't run a business. If you're gonna run a business, then you need to measure it. You need to measure your metrics. Um, and it's not it's not fair to the people you bring on board if you aren't measure like if you don't. Well, people need a goal and they need minimum expectations. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, as human beings, without minimum expectations, then it's really easy to fall below. There is no bar. How can I fall below the bar? Right. Um, So I think as employers, especially small businesses, middle business where we're trying to figure out, you know, how do we grow? If we're not putting those expectations in front of our people, then, you know, we're not setting process and procedure for them. Then how can we even expect them to succeed at their you know, position in the first place. Right. And the, and the other thing is doing this gives you so much more time on the back end, because if you, what, what I found with KPIs is KPIs give your employees direction. Cause if you've got three, three to five key numbers, key metrics that this employee should hit and, and it should be fairly simple. Like it, it should be, I brought this person in to do this. If they do this, I make X number of dollars and I'm happy. Mm-hmm. Like if, if Sean's hitting, if, if Sean's out signing up, I, I don't know what your metrics are, but if, if you're signing up three, three new clients for, for insurance mm-hmm. every week, then you guys are making X number of dollars. If you make X number of dollars, everybody eats, everyone's happy. You've met your KPIs. Yep. And if you don't have KPIs in place, then your employees don't know what they need to do to make you happy. Mm-hmm. And employees, 80% of employees want to make you happy. Like the good employees are the ones that, you know, once they see what those KPIs are, they're going to exceed those KPIs because they know this is what Sean's using to judge me on. Like if I do this, I'm good. If I don't, I'm bad. Mm-hmm. And they know where they're supposed to put their time. And they're going to put their time in, into areas that make the most money for you. We as business owners are humans. We're fallible. And when we... When we say things, we're a lot of times like I say things off the cuff. I'm just thinking, I'm thinking out loud. And to our employees, we're the business owner. Like the the words that we said are gospel. It's like Moses coming down the mountain with the, the tablets and to them, yeah. Dustin said this and he's the owner of the company, so this must be gospel. When really like it was just a poorly thought, you know, it's a it was a yeah. half thought. And and so what I need is to help them get through the clutter of my brain, and, and, and if I said these are your these are your three to five metrics that if you're hitting them, you're crushing it. I'm exceeding, I'm I'm happy. You're happy. Yeah. And I can't say enough about how much KPIs are important to management. I just had a uh, a buddy of mine who runs a um, uh, a company locally send me all their KPIs because I was interested. So yeah. he runs a uh, service based uh, contracting business, and um, he's got a good, better, best model. Nice. So he's got it. Um, well, it's a red, green, yellow, right? So red's bad, yellow's good, mm-hmm. green's awesome. And he's got it per employee, per job type, um, per because then they have like an installation staff, a service staff, and everything else. And I was going through it, literally got it last week. So it's very interesting that we're kind of doubling back down on KPIs because we're an accounting firm. Yeah, numbers matter, M- measurements matter. Business is measured, unfortunately guys, by the winners, the losers, and the dollars. That's the only way to measure a business. Am I doing better than I did last year? There's one of two ways to do that. It's by looking at the numbers. And are, am I still in business? 
Right. Um, so I, I, I think KPIs, especially giving your employee a good, better, best, um, if you give them a bad, they'll always go to the bar or a little bit above the bar. They'll never go to the best unless, you know, yeah. money's an interesting motivator. Time off is an interesting motivator because now you're always, now that's the human element, right? What motivates the person in front of me? And that's, you know, never know. But if you go red, then, you know, terminations are a, an interesting thing. I've never had to fire somebody. Um, so I'm, I'm, can I, can I jump on something? Jump in, whatever quick? you got to say. And this is, this is going to, everyone's going to disagree with me. Perfect. Money is a worthless motivator. I would agree. Absolutely worthless. You know what is a great motivator? What's that? It's absolutely the best motivator. Two of the best motivators in Words sales. Words of affirmation. Two of the best motivators in, in life, fear and pain. Fear and pain. Like I know it's negative. Yeah, that I would agree. It's it's negative, and I hate it. But after years of trying everything that I can to motivate people with other things, like at the end of the day, that man, you the sound most, like a the, true lawyer. Oh, I know, I hate it. Oh, I'm so sorry, but but at the end of the day, fear and pain. Uh huh. It's like baseball; they're the backstop. Yep. Like nothing gets through fear and pain, and. You know, I, I, I had someone ex- kind of describe the, the life cycle of a salesperson you know, in, in our industry. Like a lot of it's, it's a three month sales. Like you, you start learning. It's a it's a bell curve. Like you start learning, you get better and your numbers go up and then you start burning out and the numbers start going down. Mm-hmm. And and at the end of the day, our guys, like a lot of their sales come from just getting out of the truck and going out and knocking the door, going out and talking to people, uh, asking that uncomfortable question, that type of thing. And at the end of the day, it's, you know, you're, you're sitting in your truck trying to make, I'm afraid of going there and knocking that door. So sometimes you got it. The worst fear is I'm afraid of getting fired. I don't want to have to go out and find a new job. Yeah. So my thought process is once you're at that top, you know, your top of your bell curve, rather than having the option of coming down and kind of riding out the, the backside of the bell curve, you have to make a decision every week. Am I going to, Am I going to hit my numbers and stay at the top of this bell curve or am I going to get fired? So rather than kind of a slow descent into in this and what I've seen with a lot of my sales guys before I implemented this was it was kind of a do well. And then there was sort of a slow descent like this week I hit five contracts. Great. You're doing a great job next week. Well, four. Well, hey, let's get it up next week. Well, this week, three. But next week I'm going to crush it. I, I promise. Like next next week's going to be awesome. So a couple weeks at three. Hey, we really need to get up, Sean. Well, okay, okay, okay. Then two, come on, Sean. And and me as a sales manager, I put a lot of time into recruiting and training this person. I don't want to see him leave. Yeah. I'm, you know, like, come on, Sean, let's do it. Like, let, let me put a, a, a spiff in place. Let me give you words of affirmation. Let me do this. And what I found was when I basically, like that first week you hit four, hey, Sean, the minimum was five. You only hit four. Here's your write-up. Next week's you're going to be number two or three. Three chances you're out. Yep. Sean, Sean comes, well, next week he's at back at five because he's afraid of that write-up. And then two or three weeks later, Sean, you're at four again. Minimum's five. Here's your second write-up. Third times you're out. From then on, Sean's at five or six a week because he likes to keep his job. Yeah. And that... Back's fear, against the wall, man. Fear is a backstop. It it creates that, that you know... I, I hate to say it, and I, I, I hate this about it, but... At the end of the day, people respond better to fear than they do anything else. So to me, Sean, 
when you start slipping from five down to four and to three, you're going to improve my business one way or another. Either you're going to get back up to five because you're afraid of being fired. Or you're going to jump ship. Or you're going to be the example that four is not enough, and I fire people for it. And everyone else is going to see, oh, he fired Sean. Like, Sean's been here for six months. Well, Sean wasn't in his numbers anymore. Yeah. Like, anybody that doesn't hit their numbers is going to get fired. And suddenly, like, you're either the example or you're either the example of performing well or the example of performing bad. Pick one. I don't yeah. care. So that's. <laughs> it, God bless you. I, I hate it. but it's, I think I'm too nice of a guy to be a manager. Jeez Louise. And most people are. That's the thing. Small business owners. Everybody wants to build the perfect culture and treat everybody nice. and Pretend we're in kindergarten. But first real business is what? Stay in business. Stay in business. So we'll get to see arms next time. <laughs> Dustin, thank you for the good talk. Um, I would say I was uncomfortable, and I'm sure a lot of people are still uncomfortable with terminations. Should you need to ter- terminate an employee or you've always had somebody that you should have terminated and they're costing you money every single day, take a look in the mirror. Do something you don't want to do, fire them. (laughs) Hey, guys. Thank you again so much for your love and support of the Performance Group podcast. For more information on the podcast, the Performance Group, or even our guests, feel free to reach out directly via our website, performancegroupindiana.com, or feel free to email me directly, which is sean at performancegroupindiana.com. We'll see you guys next week.